What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the AAJ Podcast. On this episode, we're going to be talking about the NBA, NFL, UFC, and uh, later on, we're going to be answering your deepest burning questions for the both of us. Uh, so stay tuned to the end to make sure you guys hear about that. Um, I'm joined by my co-host, the Julius Randall of the podcast, Adam. Yep. So uh, we're going to start off with the NBA, talk about the Knicks, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we should start off with what happened yesterday. Ryan Saunders... Son of uh, Flip Saunders got fired after losing to the Knicks. Mm. You know, if I'm a New York fan, bro, I'm kind of hype. Well, I am a New York fan. <laughs> if I'm <laughs> other New York fans, I'm hype, you know? Because mm. usually, you know, it's always the Knicks can- uh, coaches that get canned after bad losses. Yeah. But, you know, the Knicks finally did it to somebody else. And, you know, that has to feel good as a Knicks fan. Yeah. So, uh, what's your whole take on this? Well, the in terms of the Timberwolves game, I thought it was a very ugly game had no pace it was very ugly it was kind of those grit and grind games uh but you know it the knicks have done a full 180 in one year you know just just a year ago we were firing head coaches in the middle of the season after bad losses and bad stretches right Mm -hmm. david fisdell got canned everybody's attacking the knicks now fast forward one year now the knicks are getting coaches fired and it's such a breath of fresh air you know yeah definitely it's 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 the grass is greener but not really um, I thought the game itself was kind of tough to watch, but we got the win. I always take a win. You know, the Knicks are in no position to make a, we, you know, we shouldn't take anything for granted. We'll take a win any way we can. And, you know, we got some big performances from Julius, who deserves to be an all-star. He's been playing out of his mind. And he had another good performance, 25 points, 14 rebounds, 4 assists. And and RJ Barrett hit some clutch shots uh, at the stretch, down, down the stretch. And he finished with 21-4-1. and And he played great. And those are the two guys that kind of carried us to the win. Yeah, I agree. Um, I caught the end of it because I was doing something. But, uh, I mean, the Knicks were up by a lot, right? It was like, how much were they up They're, by? They were up by 21. Mm-hmm. And by, I think, the end of the third, we were, or the, the beginning of the fourth, we were down one. Yeah. So, so we blew a 21-point lead. You know, that kind of seems like typical Knicks. But for typical Knicks, you know, they would have definitely never have come back and won that game. You know, that's typical. Yeah, right there. I, yeah, I agree. 100%. Like you said, the team made an amazing turnaround in the past year. Tom Thibodeau, I didn't think that he was a good fit for the team when he first came. Mm-hmm. Because I felt like his defensive schemes were kind of like outdated and stuff. Especially when you see what he was doing on the Timberwolves, it wasn't really working. But mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you what, he's he's been making, he's been, doing stuff that he needs to do. He's making everyone better. The defense looks amazing. Offense still a little, you know, but that's what we're going to say that every week, I guess, until something else changes about that. But Julius Randle, definitely an all-star. RJ played good. Defense always looked good. He played, he played great defense at the final, like, two minutes of the game. Very good defense yeah. on the Timberwolves. Uh, one thing I want to talk about is that this, the second unit has been struggling. Mm-hmm. Two games in a row now. Both quickly and Rose have not gotten off to good starts uh, so far in these two games. And I think that he's, that's going to have to change quick because when they were both doing good the first like three or four games with, after the Rose trade, they've kind of been what's been carrying us. You know, we went on a four game win streak because the second unit was playing so good. We didn't have to rely so much on Julius and RJ as much. They can, you know, they can get longer rest on the bench. You know, it's not they don't have to be on the court just to try to get a win every every minute. And their play hasn't been too good two games in a row. I hope that's just, you know, maybe some fatigue, 
maybe some growing pains because quickly still young and rose is still new even though he's been here before but it's still a new system new nicks so i'm hoping uh when we verse uh golden state on tuesday i believe tomorrow yeah i'm hoping that the second unit plays better because if we want to make a, a run down the stretch we're gonna need that second unit to come to play better than they have and they're gonna they're they're vo- they're an important part of this team especially rose and quickly particularly mm-hmm. um not a lot to talk about because the Knicks did have a game postponed throughout mm. the week. So, I mean, they went 2-1 and one this week, which is good. Uh, Atlanta game, Julius Randle had an amazing game. Absolutely insane. Uh, how was how about that uh, Orlando game? I didn't catch that game. Doesn't uh, the well. Magic game was putrid. Um, you know, this is where the bench really let us down. I think Emmanuel quickly went 1-10 for 10 and Rose won for 11 that game. Yeah, 1-12 for 12 so two, quickly. 1-12. for 12. 12 yeah so the bench really kind of screwed us over you know the starters played well but then when the second units came in it was in a contest terrence ross actually cooked us like he always does for some reason i don't know <laughs> what's up with tyson terrence ross and, and cooking us and that was just one of those games where you just it's not the, it's one of those games you know where shots are not falling and everything they're shooting is going in yeah and it was just, it was just a bad game all in all well at least the next you know they turned it around the next game against timberwolves which is good it's good to see that yeah. they didn't fall into that, that big of a slump, even though they did yeah. almost blow the game, but still good to see. Yeah, it's just the it's like the new Knicks. Like you said before, uh, we're so used to the Knicks blowing these types of games. It's finally nice to see Knicks actually winning these types of games with 99.9% of the time. In the past five to six years, they would have lost 100%. Yeah. I want to bring up, how do you feel about the Timberwolves hiring a head coach Two minutes after firing the head coach, and from a different organization. Yeah, that was really. Why didn't they just bring up uh, one of their assistant coaches? I didn't. I didn't understand that. You to me, that was very suspicious. Like, to, it sounds like they were doing interviews before they even fired their head coach, and that's some. That's some very sketchy stuff. Well, like, hold on. let me see. Let me see the Timberwolves owner. Because yeah, Glenn Taylor. I know he's yeah. not. Uh, he doesn't really like. I mean. From what I understand, Kevin Garnett never really liked the guy. Mm-hmm. And Flip Saunders was head coach for Kevin Durant's pretty much, I mean, Kevin Garnett's pretty much whole time on the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. And then when he got fired, Kevin Durant wasn't that happy. I mean, oh my God. Kevin Garnett. When Saunders originally got fired, Garnett wasn't too mm-hmm. happy about it. So, I mean, I don't know. I, from what I understand, I mean, Glenn Taylor's not really that liked. So, I mean, he mm-hmm. just makes moves and people are like, why? And I think Dame and CJ McCollum were upset because the assistant coach was, uh, was on the, um, what is it on the Trailblazers before, and they didn't, you know, bring him up to head coach for some reason, which is weird. Yeah, I just think like this whole that whole process was very sketchy. Like, if you have a head coach, how are you interviewing other head coaches behind his back? At that point, if you if you're already interviewing, you should just fire him. You know? Yeah. Like have some like you know, there's some like respect to it some professionalism to it, you know, it's just, it's grimy, you know, and to be honest, like, look at the roster, the roster is not good, and injuries has decimated them, I mean, uh, D'Lo's been hurt, Cat's been dealing with COVID, and the passing of his mom, so he's barely played, and the roster just frankly isn't that good, so, to you know, they kind of treated Saunders like he was like a bomb, or like, it was all his fault, it's like, we gotta get this guy out of here right now, but their roster is not good. This is a horrible roster, horribly, horribly constructed. Their defense is horrible. Their offense isn't that good, and they've been injured. Their best three best, their two best players have been out for whatever reason, injury and such. 
So I think the whole thing is just looks. It's a very really bad look on the Timberwolves. Well, listen. I mean, Timberwolves never really been that good of an organization. They're hmm. still recovering from losing Kevin Garnett, and that was fucking almost eight years more ago? than more than like a decade Ten? ago. Two thousand eight. That was his last year. Yeah, because he got traded to Boston. Boston won two thousand eight, right, and then lost two thousand nine, two thousand ten. So yeah, he's been fourteen, wow. thirteen years, you know, That's and they're still recovering. I mean, they've never, they haven't really been good since then. Yeah, and can we talk about how the Timberwolves, if they were in any kind of market, like big market or even like a medium sized market, I think more people would realize how bad of an organization they are. Yeah. Like everybody clowns the Knicks for the past twenty years, but if you go look, you go and look, the Timberwolves are the worst NBA franchise in ba- in basketball. It's not really that close either. I mean, if you I seen a I seen a thing on Twitter where it's like, the years Kevin Garnett was there, they were a pretty good team, right? And if you take out that Kevin Garnett era, they are the worst franchise ever. Yeah, they're winning. They their win percentage is like, like point three hundred. So like they win thirty percent of their games. Which is which is disgusting. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, because because the Knicks are in such a big market, they're the most uh, expensive. They're franchise. easy to pick on. Yeah, they're the they're, they're the biggest they, franchise in all of sports, at mm. United States sports at least, you know. So I mean, you look at a team like that, you expect them to be good, you know. Yeah, they're they're just an easy target because they're uh, New York, you know. Yeah, definitely. And uh, let's be honest, you know, they really haven't been good the past couple of years. No, they have. I will never defend the Knicks because they have been bad. But at least if in terms of franchise, they're better than the Wolves. Yeah, 100%. I think I can't think of a single team that's worse than the Wolves. I think the Supersonics are better than the Wolves, and they're not even a team anymore. So <laughs> Yeah. So let's, let's get away from the Wolves. Let's talk about – so the Knicks, good win. You know, because of the scheduling, there's not much to talk about outside the Timberwolves game because of COVID and the rescheduling. Mm-hmm. But one team that's played a bunch of games this week and won a bunch of games is the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, big, big win yesterday against the – Huge win. That's mm-hmm. that's huge. And I mean, you know, all this talk about, you know, we're saying their defense sucks, which it does, but I mean, their offense is just so, so good. I guess it doesn't really matter. They're number one, like, they're shooting amazing, and they're just getting everything they need to do. And you, that's to be expected when you have three players of that caliber playing on the same team. Yeah, and James Harden is playing like a, he's, I don't know exactly what he's doing different. But doesn't it seem like the Nets and him are meshing a lot better now? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, he, you know, before he left Houston, he didn't want to play there. So I mean, he was just kind of. It kind of feels like he was like tanking it a little bit. Mm. Not like he was like 100 percent trying to win every game. But I mean, for the Nets, he's playing out of his mind, man. He's like another MVP candidate season. Yeah, it feels it feels like he's putting the foot on the gas right now, right? Yeah. And he's playing amazing, and all his points and his play has been really great. He's been getting some triple-doubles, playing well. I mean, he single-handedly won the Nets the game last night because he kind of flopped. Yeah, that game-winning flop. <laughs> yeah, the game-winning flop. I mean, listen, it, it's a bad play, don't get me wrong, but 90% of the players do it in the league, you know. it's People flop. It, I'm sure he'll get the fine. I mean, they get the win, whatever, you know. Yeah. You know, what are you going to do about it? Everybody does it. It just so happened this has happened in a big game in a in a big spot. The biggest thing about James Harden this season, he's shooting amazing. He's shooting. I think it, these are his best shooting numbers since his six-man season, I'm pretty sure. 
He's having a really yeah, good I mean, season. The team right now is just firing on all cylinders. Even DeAndre Jordan's been playing better. Jeff Green's been playing better. He got hurt, though, last night. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if there was a report about when he's going to be back. I'm not sure. But I hope it's not too long because they kind of need him. And Kyrie's been playing great. He's He he was a starter, right? He got voted mm-hmm. as a starter. So, yeah, the team's looking good right now. We, we, we've been talking about their defense not holding up. But they've been getting slightly better on defense. You know, you see some more hustle plays, some more guys buying in. And the, like you said, the offense is just a lot. You can't really stop. How do you guard three all-stars like that, you know? It's so hard. I mean, this, I mean, this team's playing so well. But I think it's really going to come down to, like, because, I mean, probably this team might make this a shoe in for the finals right now, right? How they're playing. Mm. At least that's how it seems. Mm. I think it's going to really come down to the finals when it's the same team every game and it's against some of the best players and the best coaches, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's what it's really going to come down to. I think that's when it's going to be you're really going to have to hunker down and get going. And how, how important do you think this win against Clippers was for them, just mentally? No, that's huge. I mean, that's another team that's, like, you know, fighting for the finals. And they have to because mm-hmm. the Clippers, this is, like, they have to make the finals this year. I don't I don't know. It's going to be a failure or whatever they did. They might blow it up. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if they did because they gave up everything mm. to get Paul George and Kawhi. And now, you know, they didn't make it to the conference finals last year. Mm-hmm. You know, it's big losses they're taking. Not yeah, good. Yeah, for sure. It's a great win for the Nets. It just proves that when if everybody's buying in and everybody's doing their job, that they could beat the Clippers. And beat the Lakers and beat whoever, you know. So the Nets looking really good, really dangerous right now. Going into the All-Star break, looking scary. And uh, just playing overall well. But since we're on the topic of All-Stars and All-Star break, uh, we decided that we'd make our list uh, for the reserves for the All-Star game. And who would we put in if we were in charge of putting in. So we did two guards and three forwards for the West and East. And we picked uh, who we think deserves to go. So uh, should we start wanna... with the starters first? Oh, you should. Yeah, let's the starters. So these are the starters that are ready now. So LeBron, captain for the West, seventeenth mm-hmm. All Star sele- selection. Uh, obviously, I mean, you know, best player on the best team mm-hmm. in the league right now. Uh, Steph Curry makes a seventh All Star selection. Luka Doncic with his second All Star selection. Um, uh, Jokic. Third All-Star selection. First Nugget to ever uh, start since Melo. It's been a while for them. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, mm-hmm. fifth All-Star selection for the West. That rounds out the West. Then we go to the East. Kevin Durant, captain for the for the East. 11th All-Star selection. Mm-hmm. Joel Embiid, fourth All-Star selection. Kyrie Irving, seventh All-Star selection. We got Bradley Beal, third All-Star selection. And Giannis, fifth All-Star selection. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I think the starters are well-deserved. I think you can argue that you can put Dame in the starter for the West, too. But I think mm-hmm. these are really good All-Star teams that we have. Yeah, I, I think these are pretty solid. I think everybody deserves to be an All-Star that was a starter. And they did good right so far. Yeah. So, now, these were already announced by the NBA. So, what we're going to be doing is going over the reserves that haven't been picked yet. And there's a there's a handful of good players. And we're going to say we're going to pick our are what six five players for each conference who we believe uh deserves the reserve role yeah you want to you want to start it off yeah for the west i have uh rudy gobert 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony Davis. You got mm-hmm. Zion Williamson. Dame and uh, Donovan Mitchell. Other players, if they decide to open up the reserves, the, mm-hmm. I think De'Aaron Fox should definitely be in it. Mm-hmm. He's been having an amazing season for Sacramento. Um, mm-hmm. And also um, Devin Booker. Devin Booker has yeah. been playing amazing too for the Suns, and the Suns are looking good so far. Yeah, nineteen and ten right now. They're in the fourth seed, if I'm not wrong. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Well, they've been playing great. So, uh, my my uh list is pretty similar to yours. I got Anthony Davis, even though he's hurt. I think he'll get the I think he'll get the the vote, and then he won't play, and then he'll be replaced with someone else. Mm-hmm. And I have his replacement already. Okay. So Anthony Davis, Paul George, Zion for the forwards. I got Damon Mitchell like you, and for my wild card or replacements, I got Booker, and if Anthony Davis can't play, I think uh, Brandon Ingram should make it. He's been playing terrific. Yeah, Brandon Ingram has been playing very good this season. Him and Zion both, I think, both deserve a shot, and they're probably going to be fighting for maybe the same spot. Mm-hmm. You don't think Gobert should make All-Star game this year? Um, You know, I didn't put him, but he, he definitely deserves a nod, because mm-hmm. just because the Utah is just so good right now, and they're just... They're just Number one in the West. Yeah. Uh, I just think if individually, I I rather put Zion or Ingram on it. Okay. Yeah. I I I can understand that. All right. So for the East, I'll start it off. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, for the guards, I put James Harden and Jalen Brown. Okay. I think that's a a given. I mean, Jalen Brown is playing out of his mind. Mm-hmm. He's arguably the best player right now. Maybe Tatum. Uh, but I think Jalen Brown's really stepped up for them. He's playing terrific. Celtics look pretty good even though their record isn't really quite matched for them right now. Yeah. Harden, we Harden's an all-star. That's simple. He's a beast. I have Jason Tatum, Bam Adebayo. And for the last spot, for the last forward, is Julius Randle. He deserves it. I'm giving it to him. Uh, I'm biased. I don't care. Julius Randle deserves no, it. No, I think he definitely deserves it. And then for the wall card, uh, is uh, if they open it up, Jimmy Butler, I think, should get it. And Zach Levine. Okay. Uh, for my reserves, I actually put Zach Levine in there. Cause I mean mm. he's pl- he whew, come on, he's playing so good. He's a- is he averaging thirty right now or twenty eight? Like twenty eight and a half points yeah. right now. He's having a monster season. Chicago kind of you know kind of sucks, but they should not discredit what Zach Levine is doing for them. I got Harden, that's obvious. I got a uh, Sabonis from the Indiana Pacers. Ha- another mm. person he's having an amazing season. Mm. I think. He should definitely get an all-star nod. Um, I also have Bam Adebayo. Uh, really stepping up this season for the Heat. Um, and I got Julius Randle. I think Julius yeah. Randle deserves this nod no matter. Even if it's just a New York thing, I think he definitely deserves it. No question. I think we both had pretty good lists. I think so, too. I think it would be interesting. I Is it tomorrow, Tuesday, right? That they announced? Is that when they announced the reserves? I think it's Tuesday. When it's sometime this week. Alright, well, we'll see how how good our lists stand up. There's a good chance that the list might be out by the time this pod is out, and we'll yeah, be wrong. Probably. But that's who we. Th- I mean, uh, you know, there's some really good players this year. It's gonna be interesting who makes it. Yeah. And uh, so I think that's it for the NBA, right? So far. Yeah, I can't really think of anything to talk about. All right, so we'll swing it over to football. Yeah, not a lot to talk about. Uh, Carson Wentz got traded to the Colts. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got traded for a second round pick. Oh no, a second round pick, right? And then that's conditional. A, a conditional 
Wait, was it a what was the trade? No, no, no. So he got traded for a conditional second that mm-hmm. could be a first. Yeah. If the Colts make the playoffs, I believe. It's, it's if Wentz plays seventy five percent of the snaps or seventy yeah. percent, and the team makes the playoffs. Yeah, and then a third. So okay. there's a pretty good chance that that second becomes a first. So it's kind of if you just look at it, it's a first and a third, or a second and a third with a chance to be a first. You know, whichever way you want to look at it. Yeah. How do you feel about what the Colts gave up, and then how do you feel about Wentz on the Colts? What do you think? What do you think about that? Um. I think this is probably the best offer that they could have gotten because I don't think they were anybody was going to trade for a first round pick straight up. Mm. Carson Wentz does have the injury history, so you know there is a chance that this could just stay a second round pick. You know, mm-hmm. but uh, I think I don't think I. Hmm. Hmm. I'm not sure if the Colts make the playoffs with Carson Wentz. Hmm. Just because he's been inconsistent. Ever since, you know, I feel like ever since that Super Bowl run, he hasn't been playing that well, you know? Mm. So, I'm not sure. I think we have to see how it goes, see what the Colts do. I think they need to bring people around him that can protect him well. And uh, we'll see, but I think Philly, this is definitely the best they could have got for this, and that's why they went with it. Yeah, I'm going to have to disagree a little bit Mm -hmm. because I think if Wentz is healthy, if he's healthy and plays seventy five percent of the snaps, I think there's I think the Colts will make it because they were eleven and six last year with Philip Rivers, and Philip Rivers was kind of you know not the Philip you know he's getting old he wasn't playing at a high level anymore, and they still got eleven and six and they still made the wild card, so I'd have to assume that even if Wentz is healthy, they'll they'll probably win ten games because their defense is really good, their rushing attack's good, the O line's good, they'll be able to protect them a little better. Actually, you know, I, um, yeah, I just remembered who's in the AFC South. Yeah, they're probably gonna make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, that's and that's why. Um, so I think for the Philly, this is a good trade. I mean, I don't think anybody's gonna give them a first round pick straight up. So they give they you know they trade him for to a situation where that second has a good very high chance of becoming a first. And if that's the case, they it was a good trade. Um, for the Colts, I don't know if you know. I understand they. It's hard to find a quarterback and. They're drafting late in the draft, so they're probably not going to get one of the stud quarterbacks coming out this year, like a Lawrence, like a Field, like a Zach Wilson. Um, so I understand that it's hard to try to find improvements at the quarterback position. I kind of was hoping they'd go elsewhere because I don't think that highly of Wentz. But, you know, it's like a high-risk, high-reward, you know? Mm-hmm. If, if it clicks, the, the Colts could be a serious uh, Super Bowl team. Think so? Contender. Super Bowl team? If 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 Carson Wentz is the Carson Wentz of old, when he was that MVP type caliber quarterback, maybe. Mm-hmm. But do I think he's the MVP type quarterback? No. I think he's probably average quarterback. Okay. So right now, I don't know. I don't I really know what to think of it. I think maybe when we get we get to see it a little later in this in the offseason and training camp and people are saying he's looking good he's looking healthy maybe i can buy into it but for right now i don't know if that really pushes the colts past what they were last year speaking of the afc south i'd like to make an announcement on the podcast mm-hmm. breaking news uh you know it's been i've been a new york giants fan all my life never had a secondary team but uh, i've been inspired and for my secondary team i'd like to Announce my fandom as a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. 
I'm mm. all in, baby. What the heck? Yep. Jacksonville Jaguars is now my secondary team. I'm, I'm very high on them. You know, Urban Meyer, first round pick. I mean, for number one overall pick, you know? Mm. I think I think they have the makings to be to be something. Uh, so when they win the uh, Super Bowl in four years, you just come back to this podcast and, you know, you'll, you'll see. Dang, Trevor Lawrence really changing stuff over there? Yes, sir. The Trevor Lawrence bandwagon starts right now on this pod. And it's, I'm a I'm on the Jackson I'm a Jacksonville Jaguars fan, not a Trevor Lawrence fan. All right, they oh, could okay. pick anybody at one, and I'll still I'll that still be my team. Is everything okay, man? Or you been you been doing some drugs that I don't know about? Ah, uh, man, listen, <laughs> I told you not to bring this up on the podcast, man. You know I got a serious past. <laughs> okay, anyway. let let's keep moving forward. Um. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the Russell Wilson rumors. What's going on with Russell Wilson? Uh, apparently, Russell Wilson wants a trade. He's not happy in Seattle anymore. Makes sense. And, I mean, I can't blame him. He's been getting, you know, sacked so much the past season. The team's not as, as good as it used to be. Um, there are rumors that he might get traded to Dallas, which hmm. would be terrible for us. And, you know, it is something that is a possibility, you know, because Dak's a free agent, right? Yeah. So, they could just let him walk if they think that they, or if they trade Russell Wilson, then they definitely let him walk, right? Or they can, or they can slap Dak with the franchise tag again and trade him, I believe. I think they can do that. Yeah. So, that's also another, if if they trade Russell, they're probably in the market for a quarterback. Maybe they take a flyer on Dak. Maybe coming off a coming off a serious injury. Maybe I don't know, but yeah, I mean, we have to stop Russell Wilson going to the Cowboys at all costs. Yeah, so that I'm, cannot happen. I'm gonna be in uh, Dallas next week, <laughs> driving around looking for uh, Jerry Jerry Jones. See mm. if I can stop him from doing that. Hopefully, put some Nyquil in his uh, coffee. Yeah. But um, what other teams do you think Russell Wilson could go to? What other teams do you think are in the market for Russell Wilson? Because you have to think about it. Deshaun Watson's still out there, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, if teams miss out on Deshaun Watson, maybe they go for um, a Russell Wilson. So I'm thinking like the 49ers maybe, mm. the Bears. Mm. The Colts kind of blew their load already. So, I mean, they're not getting anything now. Yeah. What other teams do you think are looking for that type of player? Um, I mean, I think you said it already. The Bears is a big one. Um, Miami, if let's just say Watson goes to the Jets, mm-hmm. then Miami could be the the favorites to land Wilson if he becomes available. Yeah. Or vice versa, if Watson goes to the Miami Dolphins, Jets could be interested in Wilson. Um, I'm gonna put it on pause a little bit because. I don't. I can't. Are they really gonna trade Russell Wilson? I I can't see it. Even if he tries to force his way out, it's hard to imagine right now. I mean, we already got one superstar quarterback out the door already, and they haven't traded him yet because it's so hard to trade a player like that. Mm-hmm. I think Seattle. I think they can probably convince him to buy in one more year. Yeah, that's that's what I think too. I think that he's gonna probably stay for at least one more. Mm-hmm. And then if things don't get better, the online doesn't get better, the weapons around him doesn't get better, then he'll probably be more 
available. But for right now, I just can't really see it. And it doesn't really make sense for him to get traded right now, considering Deshaun Watson's on the block. Because, yeah. you know, let's just say the Jets get him, right? Let's say the Jets offer three first-round picks and a stud player. That might be the best offer that on the you know in the off season you know yeah that package and then now you're competing with another team to get a package like that you know you want as many people in on Russell and Russell only then like I don't want teams to be like oh we can't get Russell Wilson let's just fall back to Deshaun Watson for maybe a little less or the same offer you know what I'm trying to say mm-hmm. yeah yeah so I think right now they should probably hold off wait a year when Deshaun when Wilson is the clear best. Uh, quarterback available, only good one available at his caliber, and teams are more prepared for sending offers and having packages, you know? So, I don't think Wilson will get traded. No, yeah, I can see that. I didn't think he was going to get traded too, but, you know, rumors are always fun. How about the Giants? Why can't the Giants get on on that if he does become available? Because Daniel Jones is my quarterback, bro. True, true. But, you know, I know Russell Wilson's a really good quarterback, man. <laughs> Would you do it? Uh, I mean, or would you? You'd have to, right? I mean, I think this is also another good thing is if they wait one more year and he does decide to trade, you know, you know, seek so a trade elsewhere. And the Giants, after three years, we probably got a good indication of what Daniel Jones is. Mm-hmm. If he has another bad season like this and the team's not doing too good, they could. A lot of things can change. Yeah, I mean, if we look at the quarterback market next year, Ben Roethlisberger mm-hmm. is going to be. Unrestricted. Done. Brady's gonna be unrestricted. Uh, I think Brady might retire during that mm. too. So I think Drew Brees is gonna be retired by then. And I mean, like the best quarterbacks you have are Nick Foles is gonna be unrestricted. He sucks. Lamar Jackson's gonna be. Uh, but I think they have a. I think they have a team option. Mm. So the best. I mean, Taysom Hill. Marcus Mariota, like the all these, yeah, the not good. Yeah. yeah, all the good quarterbacks are on, you know, options. So like Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, they're all on, uh, team options. So I mean, next and they'll season, probably get extended st- yeah, soon definitely. too. So I think it's best to if Seattle waits one more year. Yeah, because they're still in a win now mode. Their, their teams, they still have talented players. It's just they've been neglecting the O line for a long time. Mm-hmm. And they have serious upgrades that's at multiple positions they have to to make. Yeah. Uh, is that it for football? I mean, it's been kind of quiet just because not much is happening right now. Yeah, no really, like, any free agency rumors or anything like that. Yeah, it'll start to pick up soon when offseason starts uh, getting closer and the draft starts getting closer. We'll start talking about uh, NFL a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, Eagles made a bunch of moves, but, I mean, nothing really that seems good. They got rid of Deshaun Jackson. Mm-hmm. Got rid of Alshon Jeffrey. So, I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah. So, should we start our brand new segment of the show? Yeah, go ahead. You want to... Yeah, this is your idea, so you want to um, go for it? Yeah, so on Twitter, I asked some of our listeners uh, to send us some questions that we'll answer. And we got a pretty good turnout. We got like 13 questions, and we're going to answer as much as we can. And we got some pretty good questions. I want to say I want to thank you to everybody that commented. Uh, for people that uh, commented multiple questions, I don't think we'll be answering all of them. Probably just pick one of the questions you asked. Uh, but I appreciate everybody commenting. Um, 
if you guys like it, we'll do this more. Um, so let's just start off with the first question. So our first question comes from um, Mahidi Othman. Um, he asks, uh, do you guys see the Knicks making any big splash trades before the deadline? All right. That's a good question. I mean, we've been talking about it, right? Mm. Last couple episodes. Um, there have been rumors about the Bradley Beal thing, but I don't think that's going to happen. Mm. But I think what the Knicks should do is definitely trade for a reliable three-pointer. And that's what we've always, that's what we've said the past nine episodes. Mm. So I'm thinking maybe like a, a Buddy Heald type of player, even though he's not having like the best shooting season right now. Mm. Uh, you know, somebody that, that can shoot the three ball reliably so you can space out the four for other players too. Mm. Um, I'm not sure exactly who that is, but. Yeah, I, I'd agree. So he asked for, uh, do you see him making any big splashes? Mm-hmm. I would say that I'm not too sure, uh, certain that they will, but I expect either a one big splash or multiple little splashes. So mm-hmm. if they can't get that that all-star player, that, you know, maybe a Buddy, a Beal, a Levine, I think you should expect them to go maybe Alonzo Ball route or a J.J. Redick route or um, some kind of bench player or role player that can shoot the three, that could be a starter on this team. Or a really good uh, piece off the bench, maybe a scorer, because they really need scoring on this team. So, the big splash, I think they'll definitely in- be involved in the market, and they'll definitely be monitoring it. Um, they definitely have the assets and pieces. They got guys that Kevin Knox, they got some first-round picks, they got the Mavs picks. So, they definitely have a package to make a big splash. Um, I think right now, you don't really see a lot of star-level players on the market. So what we'll, we'll ultimately end up seeing is maybe two or three moves to help solidify the second unit and maybe one move to help uh, solidify the starting unit. So, you know, a Reddick or something like that. Yeah. So definitely a good question. I, I expect the Knicks to be very busy this trade deadline. So thank you for the question. Uh, we'll do the next question from David. He asked... Uh, so this is a Giants question. Think the Giants take Pitts in the first round or different direction? Mm-hmm. So he's talking about Kyle Pitts, the tight end. Yeah. So I'll start off by saying um, I think there's a very good chance that they take a Kyle Pitts because he's really good. They need playmakers. Dave Gettleman said it on his, his, uh, his season-ending press conference. He said they want playmakers. That's, that's what they're looking for, and he's definitely a playmaker. Um, I think the question is, does Kyle Pitts even get to them at 11? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, there's a lot of things coming out saying that a lot of teams have him as the number one tight end. And if you look at the teams above us, there's some teams that can use some playmakers. You look at the Eagles, you look at uh, Dolphins, definitely they can use a playmaker, a receiver type. And it's also depending on how do people view Kyle Pitts. Some people have him as a receiver. Some people have him as a tight end. You know, he's he's uh, he's a dual threat in that regard. So I think if he's there at 11, the Giants will definitely heavily consider him. Mm-hmm. Um, What's your opinion? I'm not too uh, – I'm not really into college football like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know much about this draft class. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I've heard, the Pitts guy is really good. But uh, you th- I think well, – what's the ed- edge rushing like? class looking like is there anybody that the Giants should look for in there uh it's pretty weak right now like Mm -hmm. it's really weak they have one guy Rousseau that's uh considered the best 
but he opted out the last season, so we didn't get to see him play. Okay. And there's some questions about how good he is because he's so raw. Yeah. So, so all in all, the edge is pretty weak. Um, the receiver class seems pretty strong. The quarterback class seems pretty strong. Corners seem pretty good too. So, um, in terms of Pitts, I think he'll be available or one of these other receivers like a Waddle or Chase or um, Smith. And I could see them drafting Pitts and holding on to Evan Ingram. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think I I think because Jason, if you watch Jason Garrett, uh, his uh, offense, he runs a lot of two tight ends. Yeah, he he runs like a lot of two tight ends, and why not have if you're gonna run two tight end sets, why not have two or one really good one and Evan Ingram, mm-hmm. and maybe they move Evan Ingram to the slot, they move Shepard outside, maybe they put uh, Pitts outside because he's that dynamic of a receiver. They they can push him outside if they need, or him in the slot or something, and make it work that way. But yeah, I think Pitts will be on their radar for sure. All right, so we have our next question coming from Jabriel. He asks, uh, "Opinions on the Mets pitchers and Trevor Bauer situation." Are you familiar with the situation? So right now? yeah, I don't. You know, I'm not a. I'm not the baseball guy. You're the baseball guy for sure. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But I I saw a little bit. I saw mm-hmm. I who was a Cindergard, right? Yeah. Going uh, on Twitter talking to Bauer about some stuff. I didn't get the whole picture though. So why don't you? Uh, Fill me in on this. So, so Syndergaard, no, it was Syndergaard. He posted a uh, a post on Twitter that was just like, it was him. It was a picture of him laughing with uh, other teammates, mm-hmm. and his comment was like, "Ha ha ha!" And then he said he made a mistake and will donate to the charities. So that was a direct line for what Trevor Bauer said after he made the mistake of putting Mets merchandise out there the day he signed with the Dodgers kind of trolled the fans so he was taking a jab at Tre- uh, trevor bauer for doing that and then trevor bauer replied and said oh uh you never make mistakes uh i, I didn't know you're so perfect and then he's posted screenshots of no Syndergaard, you know talking to fans and calling them like you know trolls on in- on on instagram they're calling him like these names right and then he replied to those trolls and was like shut up bitch or <laughs> or uh, show your wife uh, a picture of me without my shirt on. <laughs> so then Trevor Bauer and then Syndergaard went back and then Marcus Stroman got involved and, every, and you know, it was just a kind of a mess. It was just a Twitter beef. That's what it was. It was Syndergaard, uh, Marcus Stroman, you know, coming at Trevor Bauer and Trevor Bauer trying to defend himself. So my opinions on it was, you know, I think Trevor Bauer is kind of in the wrong. I think Syndergaard's a little in the wrong. But definitely Bauer because... He he's trying to play the victim here, like oh they're taking shots at me, but you guys aren't perfect, and he's kind of like look at Syndergaard these comments about the fans, like he doesn't treat the fans right because he's calling bitches and stuff. But Trevor Bauer has a history of bullying people on the internet, so he's a hypocrite for it. And I think the whole situation is just funny, and it, it fuels the rivalry even more. You know, next time the Mets versus Dodgers is definitely going to be uh, a heat a heated battle between. The pitchers, and I think other than other than entertainment, I don't really care about it. But it it was funny as a whole. I mean, this is, this is the stuff that baseball needs. Like it needs beef, like drama. This, you know, yeah. Because mm. you know, that's one thing about sports is like, I know people want to watch it for the sports, but like the under under like, what is it? Underlying rivalries and stuff, and the storylines make shit interesting. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I might put on the Mets Dodgers game, see what happens. You know, I want to see who performs better. Yeah. This, this, and that. Um, I mean, Syndergaard, I don't see anything what he said was wrong. Trevor Bauer did 
the Mets dirty? Did the fans dirty the organization, the players, you know? Yeah, no, I have, I 100% agree. I think it's just the beef. It's nothing more than that. It was funny to 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 read. Mm-hmm. And you know damn well when the Mets and Dodgers are versing and Bowers pitching and Syndergaard's pitching, you know you're going to get <laughs> their A games, you know? Yeah, definitely. It's going to be a battle. So thank you for the question. Uh, our fourth question comes from Mo. Uh, he asked, "Hey Adam, avid listener here. I'm a big fan. I'm a big time 49er fan. What's your assessment of Jimmy G, and what do you think they'll do if Jimmy G is not the quarterback? What's your college QB rankings? Do you think four QBs go in the top ten? We'll love your feedback. So pretty loaded question. Uh-huh. Um, so what do we what do we think of Jimmy G? Is Jimmy G the quarterback for the 49ers going forward? Well, I said this earlier, right? I said that." I think that the 49ers should look into trading for uh, Russell Wilson or uh, Deshaun Watson because, I mean, Jimmy G hasn't really looked that great. Mm. Not that he's not a good quarterback because he is, but to me, I think you want to go for a better quarterback than Jimmy G. Yeah, I'd agree. I think Jimmy G's time in uh, San Francisco is coming to an end. And they're going to probably be exploring the trade market a lot. I think even maybe more than the draft. And if they can't find um, a quarterback through the trade market, then they'll probably start getting more involved with um, the draft and the big quarterbacks. So guy like Sam Darnold, I heard Sam Darnold, that marriage might happen because he seems to be like a Kyle Shanahan type of quarterback. Um, so their fit there might be good. But I don't know if they want a Sam Darnold. I think they want someone more proven. That's why I'm not too confident in the draft, going through the draft. I think they'll. I think they'll probably be more open to a more veteran quarterback that might hit the market. I mean, why not try for a Dak Prescott, right? If they're not gonna, if the Dallas isn't, you know, looking at him. Yeah, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. I think th- those are actually. I think the 49ers are serious um, contender uh, competition for those quarterbacks. I think they, they their windows open right now. They got a great team. I don't know if they want to go the QB route and try to go through the the growing pains and the rookie mistakes and all that when they're trying to win now. They have a stacked team. Yeah. You know? So I think they'll be more um, invested in the trade market. Yeah, I agree. And then he said, what's your quarterback college rankings? Um, and do you think four quarterbacks go in the top 10? So the four quarterback in the top 10, I think there's a really good chance because so many teams need a quarterback. And you got some good ones. I think Trevor Lawrence is a lock to go number one. To the Jacksonville Jaguars, baby. Yeah, I think there's a very, very strong chance Zach Wilson is number two. And then I would I would lean that there is a team that would take Fields. So that's three. And then Trey Lance, Mac Jones. I don't know if they – I'm not sure if they go top ten. I mm-hmm. think there's a very strong chance three go in the top ten. And you might see one maybe in the mid or late rounds or even early second round, Lance or um, or Mac Jones or something. Uh, so I so I think it's going to be a top three for sure. And uh, his last question, the rankings, I think it's I think it's I kind of agree with the what most people will say. Trevor one, Zach Wilson two, uh, Fields three. So thank you, Mo, for that question. We'll do our next question. Uh, let's see. Let's see. We got a question from another Mo who asked, um, which prospect would you like the Giants to take at 11? Is DJ our guy or should we move up to take Fields? 
And what are, what players would you like the Giants to re-sign and which free agents to sign? Right. So another loaded question. We'll try to we'll we'll answer the first part. Yeah, we kind of talked prospects? about it already. Yeah, we talked about the prospects, pits, and the receivers. Uh, here, how about this one? Is DJR a guy or should we move on? Um, I don't think we should trade up to get another quarterback. I think we should give Daniel Jones another year at least, because I thought he improved this year. Mm. I thought he did better than he did last year, right? Would you mm. agree with that? No, I think he... The numbers might not speak for it, but I thought his personal play improved, definitely. Yeah, so, I mean, I, why not give him another year, you know, see what he can do. And, you know, if it's not made to be, then we see. Because, you know, like you said, there's quarterbacks on the market next year and people that want to trade quarterbacks every year, you know? Hmm. So we can make moves next year, but for this year, I'm definitely giving it to Daniel Jones, and I'm going to see what he can do this season. Yeah, I agree. I think he's on a rookie contract. He's not expensive. He, he If anything, he'll be average. But I think he has some real upside. I think they, the Giants organization love him. I think they definitely support him, have his back. And we've seen what Josh Allen did in his third year, right? Mm-hmm. And why can't Daniel Jones be another Josh Allen that it takes, okay, maybe his first two years are not great. But then three, four, five, and plus are amazing, right? Yeah. You know, every quarterback is different. Not every quarterback hits the ground running like a Kyler Murray. Some quarterbacks take some time to develop, and he needs more weapons around him so he can doesn't have to get killed and doesn't have to throw to bums and Evan Ingram and Golden Tate and these guys and whoever. So I think Daniel Jones is our guy. There's no reason to rush into making a move there when you don't have to. And uh, I think he's our guy. I think the Giants love him. Dave Gettleman's still here. And as long as Dave Gettleman's still here, he has the GM support, right? Because that's his draft pick. That's, you know, that's his guy. So that's uh, thank you, Mo, uh, Mo with a three in his name. Uh, thank you for the question. Uh, our next question comes from Elliot. He asks, how good of a season do the Mets need to, ha- to have to consider Cohen's first year success? I think this is one of my favorite questions, honestly. Um, so a lot of hype around the Mets right now, right? Um, I think if they don't make the playoffs, that would be an utter failure. I really do. I think the whole season and everything we've done would be a failure. I think minimum is the playoffs. And to be honest, this team is so talented and the hype around it is so huge right now. I kind of want I want to see the Mets go out and win the division. Like okay, wild card is cool, but I want to see them win the division. I think this is a division that they can win. The Braves are good, but I think we match up well with them. I think we have the pitching, the hitting, Lindor, Alonzo, DeGrom. Like I think my goal is that the Mets win the uh, division. Um and when we get to the playoffs, I want to I want to see uh the Mets look like they belong, you know. I don't want the Mets get swept in in three games to the Dodgers, the Padres. I want to see the Mets go out and compete, look like they belong with the big boys of the NL. And once you get to the playoffs, it's a crapshoot. You don't know. Whatever team gets hot usually wins it. That's that's how baseball is. So anything less than that, I could probably consider a failure. Yeah, I agree. Because, I mean, you sign Lindor. I mean, you trade the Lindor, right? Mm. And, you know, if this season doesn't go well, he could just walk, right? Yeah. So, I mean... You have to make the playoffs, make him see that he's in an environment where he can win, you know? Mm. So I think definitely the Mets need to make the playoffs this year. Yeah, they spent a lot of money, made a lot of trades this offseason. 
on a roster that's already pretty good before. I think there's no excuses now. They didn't make the playoffs last year in a 60-game season, which was embarrassing. They didn't make the the year before when they won 86 games. I think this is the year. They got to make the playoffs. That's There's no more excuses for the Mets. Mm-hmm. And uh, next question comes from Trey. He asks, uh, do you see Rojas come back if the Mets do not make the playoffs this year? Uh, I'll make this one very quick and simple. Uh, no. If Mets don't make the playoffs, then like I said before, the season was a failure. And I think the fact that the new GM, Sandy, well, acting GM or president of baseball ops, whatever you want to call him, Sandy Alderson, he didn't hire Rojas. That was the last owner and GM hired him. And I think the reason why he's even the manager now is because the Mets, you know, they had a new owner and a new president, right? They had to fill out their front office. They need a new GM. They need a new assistant GM. They need to get everything in place. I felt like, and they had to conduct their offseason because the offseason started at the same time. So I felt like they didn't want to conduct a manager search while also trying to uh, fill out the front office, while also trying to fill out the roster. So they said, why not keep the guy one year and see what he has? Uh, he was okay last year. Uh, if he sucks, we'll fire him. We'll get a new guy. We'll bring in our own guy. For now, he'll stay. And if the season's a failure, chances are hard, 99% that he's gone. So if the, if the Mets don't make the playoffs, expect Luis Rojas to be gone. And I think you had a question on your uh, Twitter. Do you want to bring that up? or? Oh, yeah, one second. Let me just get it in quick. I just want to thank everybody, again, for the questions. All these questions were great. Thank you, everybody. Uh, let us know if you uh, want us to keep doing it, you know, for the next pod and so on. Uh, let us know. All right. So my question is from Eric. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did the intro for our award show that we did. Mm-hmm. Might have to talk to him about doing the intro for every podcast, but mm-hmm. uh, he asks, how do I get into basketball? So, you know, this guy doesn't watch a lot of basketball. He doesn't watch any basketball. He doesn't watch any sports to begin with at all. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the way I got into basketball is I kind of just threw on a random game. Uh, it just so happened to be uh, a Rockets Heat game. And this was like the first season that James Harden went to the Rockets. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I just really liked how he played. I liked James Harden, I liked the way he played. I liked the way that the Rockets looked. So I was like, you know, why not? And then, you know, I started doing research into the history and stuff like that. Learned about Keem. And then, you know, it just, it all spirals down from there, you know? Yeah. Like, you just start learning about all this kind of different stuff and whatnot. And I mean, you know, for someone like him, you know, watch your local sports team. He's from Chicago, so I mean, watch the Bulls. The Bulls aren't that great right now, but they have an exciting players. They got Zach Levine, you know, he's averaging 28 points. Watch that, see mm. how you like it. If you don't like it, you know, try to catch another game. And, I mean, see if see if it's your thing, you know? Yeah. I I think if you want to get into a sport, what you need to do is uh, be exposed to the sport more. So, you know, if there's, like, a primetime game, why not flip it on, see who's playing, see which players you like, what you know, if you like the way the game is. Uh, I think – what separates a casual play a fan and a hard a diehard fan is when you have one team or one player that you really root for and you follow. I think that's where the the, the diehards come from, you know, because mm-hmm. we're all basketball fans, but we're diehard Knicks fans or we're diehard Lakers fans or we're diehard Clippers fans or or whatever team. So you usually just gravitate towards one team or one player, LeBron fans. So you have to try to find your team. What's your team? Is it? He's from Chicago. You said right. 
So is it the Bulls or is it Zach Levine or is it maybe a different team in a different state? What, you have to find your team or your player that you enjoy to watch on a day-to-day basis and stick with them, you know? Yeah. And it doesn't hurt to, if you want to get into basketball, maybe play basketball or learn about basketball, read about basketball. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the more you know and the more you're exposed to it, I think the more the fandom will grow and your interest, and your interest in it will grow. The other thing is I think watching it with somebody who watches basketball, who knows basketball, I think that helps, you know, make it an experience. Mm-hmm. 100%. Someone that can explain it to you a little bit. Yeah. I agree. I think if he doesn't watch basketball at all, I think his best bet is to watch, try to watch a primetime game against two good teams, maybe a Laker-Clipper game or something, where it's two good teams, two exciting teams, and you're, gonna, you're probably going to watch two a good basketball game. Yeah, definitely. And then go from there, yeah. Hey, so man. thank you, Eric, right? Yeah, Thank Eric. you, Eric. Uh, any other questions? or? No, that's pretty much it with questions. So I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I want to talk about the UFC really quick. Because, mm-hmm. uh, go for it. Fight night was Saturday. It was Derek Lewis versus Curtis Blades. I'm just going to talk about that specific fight for a little bit. Um, <laughs> Derek Lewis is like, uh, he, I feel like he's the antithesis of like a heavyweight fighter, you know? He doesn't really have, he doesn't do, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He doesn't do fucking wrestling. He doesn't do takedowns. He just has power. And if you get punched once, you get knocked out, you know? And that's exactly what happened to Curtis Blades. Which is funny because before it happened, I Derek was kind of looked like he was like slipping and sliding around a little bit. And I thought it, he was going to get knocked out. I thought it was done. Because he was getting punched bad by Curtis Blades. But Curtis Blades went in for a takedown and then uh Lewis hit him with an uppercut and just knocked him out instantly. Like he was yeah. out. So what this does for the heavyweight division, I think the Nganu Stipe fight is gonna be two sixty, right? I think the mm. winner of that's gonna face John Jones, because they already confirmed that that's the next heavyweight championship fight. And I think the loser's probably gonna fight Derek Lewis. And I think if Derek Lewis wins that, then he's going to be in line for a title shot after that. Mm. So that's pretty much that's what it just means for the heavyweight division. At least that's what I think. I'm not sure where Curtis Blades goes from here. Because that was, I mean, you know, Curtis Blades is on. He's, he's a very good fighter. I thought I was surprised that Derek Lewis lost. I mean, Derek Lewis won. And uh, it's the biggest underdog victory in a long time in the UFC. So, you know, Derek Lewis. Hopefully he gets that title shot. I think he deserves it. One of the all-time greats in the heavyweight division, if not all of UFC. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think Curtis Blades fought well. It was just he made one mistake, and Derek Lewis is a very strong dude. He's kind of a knockout hitter. Yeah. And he just caught, he just got caught with an uppercut. It was a good fight. Big fight uh, this weekend, right? I think you're talking about 259? Yeah. Yeah, that's March 6th. Oh, wow. So that's and two that, weeks? Yeah. That's looking like probably one of the best UFC cards I've ever seen lined up. That's that's Adesanya's fight, right? Yep, Adesanya okay, and Nunes okay, okay. is gonna fight. Oh yeah, yes, yes. And uh, Jan's gonna fight Sterling. That's gonna be a good one too. I like yeah. Jan. Yeah, it's gonna be like I said. I think this is one of the best UFC cards they've put out in a long time. Three championship fights, four different champions fighting. Very excited to see what happens here. On Who UFC you got winning, Adesanya um, or Blachowicz? That's a very good question. I was watching some Blachowicz, Blachowicz highlights. Mm. 
he looks very good, you know? Mm. But I don't know if I'm going to bet against Adesanya because he just, you know, he's so dominant. Yeah. I think Adesanya, he's definitely the favorite in the match. Yeah, definitely. Until he loses, I don't know if I can really bet against him. I think the only thing that's a problem is I think he's moving up in the division. Yeah. So, you know, it might be a little bit of uh, growing pains maybe, but I think he's got it. He's a very good fighter. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Should we wrap it up here? Yeah, sounds good. All right, so let's just go over what we talked about. We talked about the Knicks and the NBA. The Nets four-game winning streak. James Harden playing well. Uh, we talked about our list for the NBA All-Star Reserves. Talked about Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz, and their trade and trade markets. Uh, and we answered a bunch of qu- uh, Twitter questions from our, our listeners. Uh, so I think it was a pretty good week. We did some new things. Um, I liked how it turned out. Yeah, me too. All right, so we'll catch you guys uh, next Monday. This pod should probably be out by Wednesday. Uh Just thank you to the fans for listening. Yep. Thank you for the questions. See you guys. Later.